Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Cleaning up a couple things from last segment real fast. So Alex Kirshner has been tweeting about the news that just came down about Dartmouth. Uh, friend of the Grum from Split Zone Duo. He says, this is huge college sports news, though I want to caution there's a long way to go and the NLRB central board could still get in the way. And NLRB yes. regional director just ruled Dartmouth men's basketball players are employees in order to union election. Northwestern's players in 2014 also got a regional director to rule in their favor. The five-member NLRB then stopped them from actually having a union election. That could still happen here, though I think it is less likely in part because of this from 2021, and he links a story. He uh, adds, I think it is a bit of a trap, though technically right to say the NLRB just ruled the Dartmouth players are employees. They are well on their way, but the NLRB features a lot of bureaucracy and they're still not at the point where Northwestern players got bit. One key difference with the Northwestern case, we never actually learned the vote count in that union election because the NLRB stopped the process and impounded the results. I expect Dartmouth players will actually vote and soon, and we will learn how they voted. So there you go. All right. Well, so there's a lot more to come on this. Mm-hmm. A lot more to come on this. So... The Big Ten and the SEC last week decided, yeah, we're going to do this advisory committee because we want to tackle the bigger issues. We feel we have an important voice and we need to flex our muscle. Well, there is another thing going on this week that also wields a ton of influence in this whole weird and insane process that is major college athletics. And that process is another meeting of the college football playoff board of directors. Because we still do not have any agreement on how to move forward with the permanent structure of the playoff. Because there are still two years remaining on the old deal. Right. All they've done is they've altered the deal. Pray we don't alter it any further. They essentially, and, and you called this for years, that, hey, look at the number of New Year's Six games. Look at the number of games that you would require to be played in a 12-team format. Um, and so we have four games at home, and then all of the other bowls will be folded in, and it will be that way for two seasons. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, they could roll it back, or run it back, rather, and just do it all over again for many more years to come. Or, and what is obviously likely to happen now, especially with the uh, end of the Pac-12, is they will start from scratch, or at the very least... Maybe you know, go down to the bare bones of the plan and pick and choose some of the things that they like, including apparently the number of teams. Well, and and certainly from a fan standpoint, that's probably the the most important. Well, it, it, or at Yours? least the the most discussed because it's like the but thing it, we can see. I well, think there are two is, things it, we can see: the number of teams and where will the games be played. But in accordance with the bigger picture conversation of where does this lead all of college athletics, the number of teams doesn't matter. But it's all the other stuff they're talking about as well, which could all influence how they decide to go. So, for example, um, 
Yahoo Sports interviewed both Greg Sankey of the SEC and Tony Petiti of the Big Ten last week. And for the first time publicly, they both expressed doubts in their commitment to the future of the playoff if its leaders can't, quote, get right a litany of issues. And that, of course, came on the heels of the announcement that the leagues were going to come together and have an advisory board. Asked if he was committed to the college football playoff beyond 2025, Greg Sankey said, yep, but we've got a lot to get right. The commitment is we want to see this get right. And getting this right doesn't so much have to do with the number of teams that get in, though that's part of the conversation, but it's also which teams get in or how, how guaranteed access guaranteed access how many teams will or how many conferences will have guaranteed access it's also about and most importantly the money so the last time this group got together the vote to determine at least for these next two years hey are we going to have a five plus seven model or a six plus six the current model as it was proposed last year was the six plus six meaning Spots for six automatic qualifiers. The so that's six, six conference conferences. champions, six top six conference champions by the rankings, and then six wild card or at large teams. Yeah. But with the demise of the Pac 12, the movement has been well, it should be five and seven because we have one fewer power conference. So. Now we can have seven at-large teams. And obviously, if you're a lesser conference, you would rather it be a six because then that means you have a better chance of getting in. Right. That means the American. That means the Sun Belt. That means Conference USA. There's more opportunities to get their conference champion an automatic bid. Well, the Pac-12 still technically exists. And their representation on this board still exists. And that guy happens to be Kirk Schultz, who's the president of Washington State, one of the two schools that got left behind. And it has to be a unanimous vote. They, In order to do this in the current construct of the contract that they're currently in, it ha- when you make a change like this, it has to be unanimous. And Schultz was... Well, I'll vote for this, but he wants a guarantee of voting rights and revenue and revenue distribution to the Pac-12 beyond 2025. And you're saying, wait a minute. The how conference can the- won't even be around. Now, technically, it is still around. Mm-hmm. Washington State and Oregon State are still together. And they're still going to make money off of the remnants of what is left of the Pac-12. Essentially, he's wanting to carry that nugget over so that then he can take that, hey, look, I got this voting power. We have this representation. We're going to get these voting rights and revenue distribution in years to come. And then he can take that to the Mountain West or whatever conference he wants to merge with and basically make that the new Mm Pac-12 because they'll have voting rights and they'll have revenue distribution from the new playoff. Correct. So he's asking for guarantees beyond 2025 so that he can basically, he and Oregon State can basically rebuild the Pac-12. Rather than getting like folded in or just it dying and everyone else going to the Mountain West. Precisely. Yeah. So we weren't sure where that stood as far as this week's meetings are concerned. So that's out there on the table. Yeah. The other part of it, going to what Josh started the conversation with, 
Petiti, Tony Petiti of the Big Ten, has discussed with commissioners possible expansion models that include 14 or 16 teams with multiple automatic qualifiers to major conferences. Yeah, as um, was described by Heather Dinich of ESPN in her story that went up uh, towards the end of, uh, no, wait, rather, it went up yesterday. Um, she writes, the last CFP deal lasted 10 years of a 12-year contract before a format change arrived. And while there's no imminent format change beyond the new 12-team field, simple math would hint toward one being considered seriously before the eight years is up. One source called it the elephant in the room, as the Big Ten has grown to 18 teams and the SEC is at 16. That's 34 programs, many of which were at the top of their former leagues. So essentially, the consolidation of the sport is leading them to want a larger field because, as we have talked about before many times, with the playoff expanding, I mean, it is going to be hard for these teams to to get in. We, we look and say, oh, you, all you got to do is be top three. Okay, top three in the SEC. So who are you leaving out? Bama, LSU, Georgia, Oklahoma, Texas, Texas A&M. I mean, that's just six teams like that. Not to mention the old misses of the world who are putting together a really good roster. Yeah. Whereas if... Oklahoma and Texas are still in another league. They're saying, okay, well, if we're near the top of our league, we're going to be good to go. The math of it just makes it a whole lot harder. Sure. Meantime, Greg Sankey has suggested in the past that the model only includes at-large selection. So even the Big Ten and the SEC disagree on this. He's wanted that for years. He wants all at-large because he knows, hey, we've had the best conference for better part of two decades. And our best teams are always going to get in. Well, if they're all at-larges, the odds of more teams being from the SEC than from any other conference, based on recent history, is pretty good. Yeah. So you've got that philosophically going at it. And, and there's the other part, too. And I don't remember. And, if, oh, sorry. And, and, well, and then there's the revenue distribution. Yeah. And how all that's going to work. Because if you're the SEC in the Big Ten... And we may have, we told you about this about a month ago. SMU is now a, quote, power conference school. They're going to be in the ACC. But they're not, as of this moment, going to get a full share from the playoff. All the Power 5 schools get $6 million a year from the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. Nebraska, Iowa, it doesn't matter if you make it or not, but everyone gets that share. Go Hawks. And it's like uh, $2 million, I think, for all the other conferences. Well, SMU has moved from one of the other conferences to a power conference, but no one has allowed anyone else to access any more of that money, and the Big Ten and the SEC are like, no, that door is closed. And just like you have to have a unanimous vote on all the other issues when it comes to revenue distribution, you have to have an unanimous vote. So as of right now... Everyone has an equal voice. and Everyone's got an equal voice. So Heather Dinich, again... Currently, changes to the existing contract structure and finances have to be unanimously approved by the 11 presidents and chancellors who have the ultimate authority over the playoff. She writes, and obviously this is coming from those those conferences, should the Sun Belt have the same say as the SEC? Should the Big Ten have similar power to the MAC? And so their argument is obviously, no, they should not have an equal voice. We should... To go back to the succession references, we have more shares yes. as the SEC and as the Big Ten. We have a larger voice because we have more shares. They can have a vote, but it should not equal as much as our vote does. So there, you have that going on. And then the other thing, you know, because I like how we're bouncing back and forth between some of the nitty-gritty power of it all, but also the 
playoff structure itself. And this has been one of the things that I know that I have brought up, and I will say, when I bring up the four buys and home games, I always bring it up because I'm selfish and I want as many home playoff games as possible. But back to Heather Denich. This version's inherent controversy will be rooted in the buy for conference champions that wouldn't normally be ranked in the top four. In 2022, for example, the model would have given ACC winner Clemson and Pac-12 winner Utah buys and bumped out TCU and Ohio State from the top four. Clemson and Utah finished 7th and 8th in the final CFP rankings. And one of the things that, I mean, like I, I know we get it in the NFL, right? Like the Bucks, they did not have the fourth best record in the NFC, but they got to host a playoff game. Because um, they were division champs. Because that's how it is. Now, the difference, of course, with the NFL versus college football is it is not a beauty contest. There are eight divisions. There are four in each conference. If you win that, you get a reward for it. This would be judged by the almighty pickers of... So you're, I'm saying, hey, this conference is the fourth best. That means this one is fifth best. Sorry, you have to go on the road. But college football, given how wacky it can be, there are times... I'm trying to remember, John, who won all the conferences this year. But there are times where the champs will not be anywhere near the top four no. in that fight. So like this year... It actually was pretty smooth, right? Because it was Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Bama. That was the top four. Um, it made it very, very easy for them in terms of that. It's not always that way, though. And I just have to imagine that that is going to cause quite the headache, especially given that so much of the power is now consolidated into these two leagues, that you're going to have this fourth-place team who's like ranked in the teens, and they're hosting a playoff game. If I were to make a prediction beyond expansion and all this stuff like i would say that that rule they're going to nix that one pretty fast i bet that that will last two years and they will then move away from it they will not they will not want to stick with that moving forward we'll have a little bit more on this a little bit later on in the happy hour because some more got some more tv numbers which are very eye-opening by the way and this is really what controls all this conversation but whatever happens with the playoff mm-hmm will have a more direct and immediate impact on the future structure of college football and potentially major college athletics than the much slower moving and more legal, uh, entangled in legal developments, NIL transfer portal. If the Big Ten and the SEC decided today to flex their muscle and say, we're not going to be involved in your playoff in two years unless we get what we want. If they do that, whether it's separate or together, that will move the proverbial chains down the field a lot quicker to Super Leagues and everything else than anything NIL or Transfer Portal can do. Because those things are still being meted out. There's court cases. There's all this nonsense. But if, if the SEC and the Big Ten today just said, you know what, guys? Come two years when our contract's up, we're going to go do our own thing. And if they do that, changes everything. That quick. So that's why this might be more interesting to watch than what's happening anywhere else. And probably easier to understand because we're talking about playoffs and teams and how many get in and how much money do they get. Yeah. So it's worth watching. More coming up on 1620 The Zone.